0: You are listening to KC sports network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas city sports fans with former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives and former insiders. This is the place for you. KC sports network is proudly presented by M prize bank, your partner in possible.
1: What's good chiefs kingdom on this Friday morning chiefs win 27, 24 over the chargers. We've got plenty of shows here at KC sports network. So, as you have come to know here on Outside the Trenches, um, it's going to be a little different. We're going to break it down, but we're going to have a little fun with a little more personality, a little more uh, tongue-in-cheek conversation because that's what Outside the Trenches is all about. A lot of other shows are going to help break everything down, but we're going to have some fun with this one. I'm BJ Kissel, joined this week by Tucker Franklin. We gave Nick the day off. Uh, he's yep. got work to do uh, on this Friday. but uh, But yeah, Tucker, man, it's been a while since I've seen you, buddy. Yeah,
2: been a been a couple hours uh, since we wrapped up at the Kingdom Bar for the post game show, um, and hop right back on to talk about this Chiefs game once again. Had a little, got to sleep on it a little bit. We got our takes fully formed and are ready to disperse them on this here fine outside the trenches program.
1: Yeah, I I woke up. You know, flipped over, you know, did j- jumped on uh, with slacker on one oh one the Fox this morning, talk a little football and then got on Twitter and just saw a bunch of Chargers fans whining. So in honor of Nick, we are going to keep the blind nil um, outline and just kind of overall thematic of this show. So we've each got uh, two topics, one football related. And then one kind of tongue in cheek, having some fun with the conversation. I got to start with that one for me, Tucker. So let's start this off with my first blind nil more like off topic or off football uh, conversation. But some of the stuff that I responded to one, and I don't normally do that on Twitter, but there was a lot of chargers fans, uh, which is interesting to say anyway. um, But (laughs) I spent some time in San Diego when the Chargers were down there. So there are some chargers fans, Uh, but how much they want to blame everything else. And I I think I responded somebody saying, you know, it was, you know, retweet. If your quarterback is a fraud and the refs bailed you out, I was like, that's the takeaway that you have from what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes and the greatest start to a quarterback in NFL history. I get you're upset, Uh, but whining about the refs Tucker. Like I, I just don't get it. So the blind nail segment is just, I know it's gotta be tough for the chargers, you know, and chargers fans to swallow, you know, what happened last night, knowing, you went all in this offseason. You played a very good game. You did everything that you needed to do. You still can't beat us. It's be yeah. It, it,
2: it's, it has to be hard too because your quarterback two got out dueled. Uh, you look at the lines. Yeah. He had more passing yards, 334, but according to quarterback rating and, and just passer rating, Patrick Holmes had a higher QBR. He had a higher passer rating. I don't know if you ever, if you put stock in those stats, um, I, I think what the Chargers fans are upset about is a couple very trivial things. The interception being called not an interception. Mm-hmm. Um, San Asante Samuel Jr. Dropped it. He did. I mean, I saw a screenshot after uh, you can clearly see the point, the tip of the ball in the dirt. Um, so that's what one, that one's hard to argue. They also upset about the MVS pass interference. They don't think that it was pass interference. Um, it's when they got tripped up the illegal contact, I guess I should right. say is what they called it. Um, fine. I mean, I, I, mean, I think that that's, that is what it is. I mean,
1: it was a legal no contact. One of the Rashad Fenton calls. I mean, that was a yeah. tiki tack call. And then the one that Mahomes going into his legs. And I know people were split on that, uh, on whether that should have been a penalty. I thought by letter of law, that should have been a penalty, but that's very similar in that it's a coin flip compared to what happened down the field. But mm-hmm. in general, like charges are all in. They played, I don't say their best game because obviously Justin Herbert was going to want the one back in the end zone. Uh, he's playing banged up. I'm going to give them a lot of respect. That is exactly what the Chargers needed to pull out that win and they still couldn't come through. Um, yeah. It's what good teams do is you find a way to win when you don't play your best football. And so from the Chiefs perspective, you got to feel good about the fact that you were still able to pull out that win despite the fact that offensively that was not Patrick Mahomes' best game. And you give credit to the other guys, but there's still a handful of plays that Mahomes is going to want back. There's a lot of things that the Chiefs uh, could have done, even from a play calling standpoint. I know Kent <laughs> on her second screen watch party is getting very upset about the play calling. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it matters that you win the football game, you know, survive in advance at this point. And I, I just have very little sympathy when of all the narratives that you want to spin from the game last night, that they're going to focus on the ref stealing it from them and not the fact that they just didn't come through or that their head coach right. all of a sudden had been super aggressive for so long, all of a sudden turns super conservative in that some ways. And so there's a lot of different ways that you could point what could have, would have, should have, but at the end of the day, you didn't get it done. And I know that's got a sting for them. I don't really care, but to, to start calling like a quarterback fraud because of maybe a 50-50 interception that could have been called had it not been for the interference call and in the MBS one that you're talking about, just a lot of sour grapes to me. There are. And... I, I had to look this up, BJ. While you were
2: talking, I had to look this up. Penalties. Uh, the Chiefs had six penalties yesterday for 54 yards. That's kind of a lot of penalties for uh, for a Chiefs team. Chargers had three penalties yeah. um, for 25 yards. So if you're going to want to blame the refs, I get that the the that the dropped interception was kind of a momentum swing, a momentum changer. Didn't happen. Um I just think you gotta find a better excuse than that. I don't. I think that you gotta you gotta look elsewhere. Maybe the conditioning of your team should be a bigger uh, gripe for you to have instead of what the referees did. Um, I'm a big I'm a big fan of uh, the the thought of the school of thought of control what you can control. And if you yeah. can't control, uh, you can't control what the officials do. So there's no reason to focus on what the officials do. You can control your conditioning. You can control play calling no. you can control execution Control your
1: tight end says he wants to come out you take him out of the game you
2: take him out of the game when he's tired um, But Um here's an interesting thing about that though if they took if, if Gerald Everett came out of the game the Chiefs would have had an opportunity to sub too so I understand them saying like hey we don't really want to take you out because we don't want them to sub Um, but they were clearly the more conditioned team the Chiefs were um, and Justin Reed said that after the game I thought that that was a good quote from Justin Reed that dude I like that dude a lot uh, just his locker room presence, his online presence, yeah. his presence on the field. Um, I'm I'm liking him a whole lot.
1: Yeah. And he's got uh, a dinner coming up for his foundation. If you want to support that, you can go yeah. on to social media and find all of that. Um, we might be supporting that tuck. So um a lot of good stuff from from Jay Reed in that game. And yeah, I think uh, for a lot of guys making their debuts at Arrowhead Stadium, Justin Reed in particular, um and obviously, Jalen Watson, who I'm sure we'll get to here in just a few minutes, um, with his debut, it's it. It was beautiful in the fact that it was it was set up to be very frustrating for Chargers. As much as I like to go out and blow out people, I, it wasn't going to happen. The Chargers are a very good football team. We said before that they were the ones that had the biggest. They were the biggest threat to. Um, stopping the Chiefs from winning their seventh straight division title. And yeah. it's hard for us. And a lot of the ways that we become like this, you know, we're sitting here saying, stop crying. Like, we're the champs. Like, you got to come be this. You got to prove it. You got to earn it. And uh, don't ask for help when you're trying to, you know, overcome, overtake the Kings uh, mm-hmm. of the division, because it's what, let's be honest. Like, that's what the Chiefs have done. And I just don't have a lot of, I have, I think it was beautiful in that, if the Chiefs go out and win by you know three touchdowns, if they just kind of put them in their place and you could stand there, this is like a whole different kind of like fun way to win and now yeah. after the game just be like, man, it must suck to play that well and have the Chiefs play a C game and you still can't beat them because they're just better than you and not just about individual talent, schematically, just in general, from conditioning to coaching decisions, everything involved, Chiefs did better in that game, made more plays. Yeah. You want to blame the refs for it. Good luck with that um, kind of mindset. But um, yeah, cheese fans. I know if you're anything like Tucker and I, you must be pretty tired staying up pretty late. We are exhausted on this one, but you get up on a Saturday morning, watch some, watch some football. If you are the coffee drinking type and you like to put a little something in your coffee, may I recommend five farms, Irish cream from our friends up in Western Missouri. It is the perfect compliment, little hot chocolate. If you're into that. If you're not liking coffee, a little bit of coffee, throw some Five Farms in there. I promise you, um, you're going to like it. And so we appreciate Five Farms for being the title sponsor of this show this year on Outside the Trenches. And we appreciate our friends up at Holiday Distillery, again, in Weston, Missouri. Um, they were out at the game, Tuck. I think I showed you the picture mm-hmm. of the tent. Uh, they were all set up. So, cheese fans, if you're out at Arrowhead and you see the uh, KCSN Holiday Distillery tent, go see Patrick, Joe, um, Kelly and all our people up there, and I'm sure they'll take care of you, but we appreciate five farms, Irish cream for being the title sponsor of this show. Go check it out at any of the local liquor stores. It is. It's the good stuff. Talk. All right. What do you have for your blind, your first blind nil segment?
2: Well, my first blind nil, um, I, I think it would be remiss if we talked about this game, especially from the, from the chargers point of view and don't talk about Justin Herbert and just his toughness, uh, that dog in him that he showed. Um, I think that, that, that that's kind of what the conversation's been and uh, Kent Swanson made a really good point. I, I, a lot a lot of the discussion around Justin Herbert coming out was his kind of toughness is if he had that in him and he he showed that he does mm-hmm. um, took a pretty nasty hit from I believe it was uh, Nick Bolton it was the first hit where he was started to kind of grab his ribs um, that's no joke that's tough you know, with the bruised ribs to try to throw a football and like rotate fully around. And he dropped a dime in there, too, uh, on, a, on a third down. Uh, big play from from Justin Herbert. Um, I just think the respect – you got to show respect where respect's due. And uh, Justin Herbert – is 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 one of those one of those dudes in this league that we're going to be seeing for a long time against Patrick Mahomes. So BJ, kind of my blind, no question to you is have you ever seen a display or what other displays of toughness because there's there's so many in this game. Yeah. Uh, what other kind of display of tough, toughness have you seen uh, from a player like that?
1: Oh man, I mean. I mean, I worked at the Chiefs for six years, and I'd say all those guys were tough as hell because I got an an inside viewpoint of what they put their bodies through, you know, and and when the media goes in locker and we go in a little bit before that and you'd see guys kind of changing. And, you know, I see with Alex Smith all the time um, how beat up he always was after games. And some guys just like bruise easily, you know, differently than others. But there were times I walked in and he's just bodies black and blue and are getting on the the team playing a road games, you know. I remember my first year working for the Chiefs. Um, we were on a road trip, and I remember we were on the West Coast, either Oakland or uh, San Diego at the time, and we were getting on the team plane after. And I had this, like, uh, or it wasn't the team plane. We were, I'm sorry. We were going up the ramp to get to the bus. And all of a sudden, like, I had this like big arm put on the side of me, like, to help me, like, kind of balance as somebody's walking up, kind of like you carry somebody off and they're injured on the field. And it was Tom Ball Lee. And he like, he needed help because his body was just struggling and he was so sore and in pain that I was helping him basically like lean on me to get him up to the bus. And like, I hadn't been to the chiefs, but for a few like months, I mean, I started right before training camp that year and that was the first year. And I just remember being like, holy cow, there are a handful of times watching guys struggle to go up the stairs to get on the team plane. And not like they're. I mean. You just you don't understand what these guys go through, and I think fans that, is, that sit close to the field have a pretty good idea, but you go stand on the sideline of an NFL game, and you get a real viewpoint of how big those dudes are and how fast they are and how much they run into each other. My viewpoint of Tyron Matthew completely changed. Uh, not that I already didn't respect the hell out of him, but there was a tackle that he made on Derrick Henry. In the Titans game, where it happened like right in front of me. And if you've ever seen Derrick Henry up close, you would look at that dude knowing how fast and big he is. It's like, I do not understand how anyone could tackle that dude. And Tyron Matthew is not that big. No. And I saw Tyron Matthew running full steam, take him down like one on one tackle right in front of me. He gets up, says something, and he says, Good hit, bro. And like they go back. And I was just like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I, these are. These guys are wired differently. And so I don't know if they're, Tucker, to your point, if there'd be a specific player other than Alex Smith, he was always the one where it just always felt like he had just gotten his ass kicked every time we go in, never complained about it, never said anything and went out there and did his job every time. So I was always going to be an Alex Smith supporter. And then to find out, you know, that horrific injury that he had in Washington for him to come back from that I'm not going to say I wasn't still surprised because of the severity of the injury, but of every player that I had been around and the way that people would talk about him and his toughness when he was at the chiefs, not going to say like, if there was a dude that was going to do it, it was going to be Alex Smith. So if I had to pick one player, it'd probably be Alex, but I'll always remember Tomba putting his arm on me and just kind of like genuinely asking me to help him, you know, just make it a little bit easier for him to get up the ramp, to get on the team bus, to go to the airport. Mm. And I think there's a lot of things too
2: that, that don't get talked about that players do play through. Um, We talk about bumps and bruises all the time players, especially I think the in season hard knocks was really good for this. I was rewatching it uh, here recently, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, These guys are going through so much stuff and they, they take them up to the bye week and they're like, can't wait to get to this bye week so i don't have to do anything for my body like so i can just like focus on getting my body up to health such a physically taxing sport just to so to see justin herbert go out there and really put his body out on the line like that i know that we were worried during the second screen watch party that it was going to be a lot more damaging than than it was like the risk and reward was not up to par
1: Yeah. I still don't love the idea of having him play through it. I know that he probably just endeared himself to the entire fan base, to his coaches, to his teammates, all of that stuff. And if, if it comes out and I was looking for reports and if it's out there and maybe it's out there after this podcast is recorded or people are listening to this, but everything that I've seen right now, Brendan Saley was pretty noncommittal about what kind of injury it was. They were Mm going to, he said they were still going to do x-rays, which is not a great sign, but if it's bruised ribs, and I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor, I'll get Aaron Borgman to come on and he can tell us a little bit more about this, but from the little that I do understand that with like bruised ribs, they're just going to tell you it's going to be really uncomfortable, but bruised ribs, you're not going to hurt it anymore. You're not going to hurt yourself anymore. It's just going to be really, really uh, painful to play through. And if that's what it is, maybe I understand a little bit. If it's anything else, I 100% do not agree. In week two, putting your franchise quarterback and your entire organization and I mean, they built a new state, all of that. If Justin Herbert gets hurt or misses significant time with all of the investments, giving Mike Williams $20 million a year, paying JC Jackson, trading for Khalil Mack, you went all in on this. And then if you lose the one guy that will thrash that entire plan because you wanted to try and eke out a win on the road down 10 with three, four minutes to go and you have a quarterback who's obviously injured out there trying to play, I don't agree with it. But then again, I'm not going to pretend to know all the ins and outs of exactly what the injury was. So that part of it's tough. And you know what else was tough, Tucker, is that uh, for those who pay attention to the lines, which apparently those listening to the broadcast last night, I saw some tweets saying, Al Michaels 100% knew that the line um, uh, – I got it at, I think, uh, Mm 3.5, which when you score a touchdown to the Chiefs win by three, that Justin Herbert touchdown throw on fourth down – Killed my single game parlay, but that shouldn't stop you. Uh, still had some fun. I know, Tucker, you've had some fun with DraftKings. So here's a quick word from our friends at DraftKings, and that is that DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is officially live in Kansas just in time for football season. That means betting legally on same-game parlay spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 1-800-522-4700. 20, must be 21 years old. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early when token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas. On behalf of Boot Hill Resort, and Casino. No, you didn't. We didn't speed up that audio, everybody. I just read that very, very quickly on the disclaimer at the end, Tucker. Uh, but that, two. in all seriousness, that was a tough, a tough. I want to say a bad beat there at the end of the mm. game. But uh, I think everyone watching that game, uh, had any kind of money on it, knew what that line was, and whether you got it three and a half, four and a half, whatever it was, that touchdown took it off the board.
2: It was big. Yeah, I was going to say that the touchdown meant a lot to a lot of people, um, uh, but. I was looking at this now, looking at the score. It looks like it was at fifty-one, from what the total was. I believe what was the over-under set fifty-four. So, um, you had to think the Chiefs got the ball back with plenty of time to score a touchdown. Um, (laughs) They, (laughs) you were thinking maybe they can go down and get another field goal. Um, You know that would have made it fifty-four. Clyde runs
1: away. Clyde Clyde, breaks that one. Like keeps going.
2: He doesn't go down. Uh, he yeah. he ends up scoring the touchdown. That'd be big for a lot of people as well. Uh, but yeah, no, um, tough night on the bets. A game that didn't really—I mean, Travis Kelsey was non-existent in this game, which is—I mean, I say non-existent, but he had five catches for fifty-one yards um,
1: compared to what we've come to expect from
2: right. Travis. Uh, like uh, that's that's uh, just hit me. Just kind of the craziness of like still having five catches for fifty-one yards and literally almost scoring a touchdown if he doesn't get body slammed on like the goal line. Um Yeah. We, maybe we talk about his performance a little bit more if he does yeah. score that touchdown. Um But yeah, the Justin Watson two catches, 50 yards uh with, and the, in fairness, with that long touchdown. Yeah.
1: About the refs and fairness. I know some chiefs fans are really upset and thought that should have been, you know, a personal foul. I didn't mind the hit that's football. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I, I understand it was probably a little bit more than he needed to do, but in that situation on the goal line with that kind of like, situation of everything I don't that's not a penalty I don't like seeing it I don't want to see Travis Kelsey get body slammed but if it's anybody else I don't think it's quite has the level of reaction uh that you wouldn't I know it's probably something that Travis is feeling this morning (sighs) I didn't think it was egregious or deserved um you know a penalty I think you did Brian Cooks for that but that's a whole different story
2: I I think um when I first saw it, I I've seen less get flagged for personal fouls, right? So that's kind of what my first reaction was was like, hey, I've seen that happen before and I've seen a flag get thrown for that. Um so that was kind of my anticipation um in, in that uh, but but yeah,
1: yeah. sorry to I mean, jump in here real quick, but now go. thinking a little bit more about it, it was a first down play. They're yeah. on the 3. So they call a flag, it's what a yard and a half. Yeah. Like it's that's the penalty <laughs> like It's not really making a difference. It really wouldn't have made any kind of a difference whether they had thrown that flag or not, Tucker. But let's go to my next blind nil segment. It's a little more football related because let's get to Jalen Watson. I mean, we're 20 minutes into the show and we haven't talked about uh, one of the best debuts for a rookie seventh round pick. And without doing all of the research going back all of the years, I can't recall a time where a seventh round rookie draft pick has made a better debut in Arrowhead Stadium, the 50th anniversary, the first game on Amazon Prime, all the hoopla about this game and as soon as he returned that touchdown i think i talked about it on the after i got done screaming um on the broadcast that what it reminded me of was the last time i remember a rookie draft pick making his debut in arrowhead stadium making a play like that was marcus peters back in 2015 which interestingly interestingly enough was also in week two was also on thursday night football it was memorable uh because it was off peyton manning um Mm -hmm. and you you knew Marcus Peters was drafted to make plays like that. And at that time, the Broncos were the team. They're the one winning the division. And that was one of those, like we got guys now, like we've got guys who can make plays. And then the Jamal fumble, that was returned for a touchdown ended up being kind of the memorable play from that one that Chiefs lost that game. Uh, one of the very few home, you know, division games that the chiefs have lost, um, okay. you know, in the Andy Reid era, but it, it begged the question, like, you know, some of the, what's some of the best, debuts that we've seen from rookies and they seem to come in division games. We just mentioned the Marcus Peters one and the other one, Patrick Mahomes that Mm -hmm. week 17 game against the Denver Broncos on the road where he orchestrates plays really well, starts gets taken out. Tyler Bray comes in like a fumble, like a bad throw and like a turnover or whatever. And they had to put Mahomes back in the game uh, to try and to try and seal it. But that game was obviously on the road and you know, where does this stack up for you as far as, you know, writing a script for the best debut. And again, we expected Marcus Peters. He's a first round pick yeah. and there was a lot around Marcus and you know his history uh with his coaches at Washington and then the new staff Chris Peterson coming in there and how they get along with them and there was just a lot more talking about him compared to Jalen Watson who's relatively unknown. Not if you follow us at KCSN because Matt Lane has been <laughs> clamoring called him on draft night like this is the guy that we want, Kent. I know Kent Swanson tweeted out today that they had a third round pick on him. Uh, If you followed us, we've been high on Jalen Watson as an organization from the beginning, but nationally, they didn't know who Jalen Watson was. Trent McDuffie's injured going up against Justin Herbert. Like, how are the Chiefs young guys going to handle this? And then to make that play in that situation for a rookie seventh round pick at Arrowhead Stadium, I don't, that's, I say the movies are made out of, but like those are the kind of scripts that uh, make football so beautiful and the reason that we get caught up in all this stuff are because of stories and because of moments like what we saw from Jalen Watson
2: 100 percent. and then you go back to the story of uh, he was working at Wendy's trying to figure out his next step in football um that's incredible like that's just adds to the story of of him of his you know legacy leading up into this game and, and we we talk about this pick six. I, I vaguely remember the pick six because I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, that actually happened. That was one of those moments <laughs> where you just kind of like black out. You're just like, whoa, uh, what happened? It was, it's like that. And remember when Nick Bolton uh, got the, this is against the Broncos. He, he got the fumble recovery. It was like a 99 yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. That's another rookie. Not as necessarily his debut is in the middle of the season, but yeah. another big play from a rookie last season that I can, I almost have the same feelings towards. or just like, well, what is happening right now? Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, Jalen Watson, that story is incredible. Uh, James Palmer, front of the program, had a mm-hmm. great interview with him afterwards. You can find out on his Twitter. Um, I The insight that Jalen Watson shared of them kind of knowing what they were going to do there. Um, he talked about that was a scouted look. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes out to the chief's coaching staff, out to Jalen Watson, Right, you mentioned seventh rounder knowing what to do with that big situation. That's a huge turning point in that game. They score a touchdown. Yeah. And I believe the Chargers take the lead at that point. Or the Chargers had the or no, it's tie game. So Chargers would have taken the lead, um, and they're on the goal line. The vibes were not good in the Kingdom Bar on that drive. Yeah. Um, and they it, it flipped a switch like that. Insane.
1: It was crazy to go from feeling so down and distraught about like, Oh man, like this is about to get bad. Like yeah. this is not a good scenario. I can't remember a time where I felt it flipped so quickly and maybe it's because they were going tempo and they were trying to get down there. And all of a sudden it was just like, Oh my God, they're going to score. How, what is the offense going to do? How are they going to respond? Then all of a sudden it's like, what the hell is happening? Like right. he's going the other way and you just kind of lose your mind. But yeah, it, Normally you start to feel some momentum and all of that, or there's a there's a couple plays, hiccups here and there before something big happens. Mm-hmm. That was just a complete, you know, Instant. 360, 180, whatever, uh, from where things were headed, uh, which makes it, you know, a special debut and one that I'd rank up there and I would is going to be in the conversation of best debuts for any rookie sure. at Arrowhead Stadium, let alone a seventh round again rookie pick that everyone around the country knows who Jalen Watson is now. You know, the chief's going to play in some big games. Jalen Watson gets more opportunity. Everyone's like, yeah, that's that dude, uh, that had that pick sets, pick sets against the chargers. He's got that moment. And for NFL players, you know, they don't know how long his career is going to be. It's all He's a young player, but just in general, you want to have moments like that, that everyone around the world, like everyone around the country remembers, he worked his ass off to be in that spot, to make that moment. Now everyone knows who he is. That is awesome. And credit to Brett Veach. I'm sure Brett Veach woke up with a big old smile on his face today. Um, because he's the one who put together, I mean, Justin Watson, Jalen Watson, these guys that stepped up and made plays. Uh, It took all 45 active players on that roster to win that game and top to bottom, they were better strength coach, the conditioning, all of it. Everybody feel everyone in the chiefs organization should feel good about that win.
2: Absolutely. And you, you were feeling good this morning. You're heading to quick trip. Um, You know, um, and but there's not a
1: beer. bang in the world to wake me up right now, Tucker. So. There's
2: not, and I don't know if you noticed this. I don't know if you saw the like strange tall boys of beer in the in the bottled water section, but here's the thing: they're actually not bottled water. Or. Beer, it's bottled water. I spoiled I spoiled the punchline. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Um, it's mountain spring water. It's from the Alps and it's called liquid death. Why is the water called liquid death? Well, it's because it'll brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are here to bring death to plastic bottles. Love to see that. They also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Love to have a good business with a good little uh, environmental motto there. Uh, so here's what you got to do. You got to go to liquid de- Go find some liquid death at your local Woodman 7-Eleven Roundies or hy V. I I get it at my hy V gas station up here by my house. I love it. It's good stuff. It comes in sparkling still. And there's three uh, flavors of Liquid Death as well. You can find it at hy V, Or if you need to find a retail location near, you can go to liquiddeath.com slash KCSN and use their store locator tool. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Go give them a check. Uh, go give them a shout. Um, I really like Liquid Death. I know it's some people say it's gimmicky you're you're using cans instead of plastic bottles and it's proven aluminum is better for the environment than cans are or than than bottles are so uh i like liquid death i drink liquid death um very good product glad to glad that they support the program
1: yeah good stuff i was just while you were doing that read i was going through some of the pro football focus grades Mm. uh i know pro football focus is going to trigger some chiefs fans right now because of the Patrick Mahomes grades, but I uh, would check out the interview that I did with uh, Trevor Sykema, of pro football focus earlier on Friday on KCSN update. It's always great. I've known Trevor a long time before he joined pro football focus. So um, we had a good talk about, um, you know, that game and what stood out to him. Uh, but he had his eyes on the O-line and, you know, we talked all week and I had talked about it. And I think it's only fair that I bring it up now, even though it wasn't a good performance from him based on any of these numbers. Um knowing that he had a tough balance or tough challenge, but Orlando Brown jr. Um, his pass blocking grade is 29.1 Whoa. after that game last night. Uh, and for anybody who hasn't looked at these before, it's not good. Um, no, no, he's got a tough challenge, but that game is going to be discussed in his contract negotiations in the offseason. He's got, you know, 15 more games in the regular season, in the playoffs to, to prove that he gets that Trent Williams type money. Cause that's what he wants you want to be a top three paid left tackle in the NFL when you go up against the best prove that you're deserving of that money. And haven't had a chance to go back and watch the film. Obviously all that matters is that the chiefs won, but from an individual perspective, I spent a lot of last week or excuse me earlier this week, talking about Orlando Brown jr. Coming into this game and based on that number right there and some stuff that we had seen, wasn't a dominant performance at least from him to not being a game that he's going to bring up first. In that contract negotiation this offseason. So, anyway, Tuck, what's your final segment that we got for this episode of Outside the Trenches? Uh,
2: this might be a little rash. Um, <laughs> it is a little rash. Um, Love it. It's week weird. Two. It's week two of the NFL season. Uh, we got to make some sweeping overreactions, right? Uh, it's an overreaction Friday. It's usually on Monday where we overreact. Overreaction Friday. But BJ, I, wanna, I want want to know this. Is this the best defense in the Patrick Mahomes era? Ooh.
1: Yeah. I do think. I don't know if today they are, but this will turn into the best. And the reason why is they have more dudes up front who can consistently get after the passer. And maybe I'm, well, I'm still riding that George Karloftis train. Um, I feel like – in and the Willie gay. And I know overall Willie gay made the biggest play overall probably wasn't his best game. Um, I don't think the chiefs did a phenomenal job of tackling out right. in space on some of those shorter throws, particularly in the second half. Um, we saw a few missed tackles that led to chunk plays and it's putting a lot on those plays because you have to, when the margin of error is that small and a game is that close, it's who's going to blink first. And it just felt like there were a couple plays out on the edge that Willie gay didn't quite make, but, made one of the biggest plays of the game and getting in Justin Herbert's face on Jalen Watson's interception return. So they did enough uh, to get it done. But overall, I think there were other defenses that have played at a higher level, but based on what we've seen through two weeks and knowing how many young guys are on this defense, I would roll with this defense. And that's really hard for me to say because the year that they won the Super Bowl, what that defense did at different points during that season, and Tyron Matthew, even Daniel Sorensen, I think in Mexico City, and like those games mm-hmm. that really set the tone for what that season was going to be the defense is what they really had to rely on in those when Mahomes struggled not a lot that season cuz putting up historic numbers but that those defenses we have seen play better than the one that's currently here but there's so many young guys that are only going to get better we've seen Carlos Dunlap in two games make impacts at different points we've seen Chris Jones be the same Chris Jones that we've come to expect I think George Karloftis, we finally have a young pass rusher who can win consistently right. um, at different times. And then Nick Bolton is blossoming into – we just haven't had the level of talent at each level, even though the defensive backfield's the one area uh, that I feel like would need to get better because I'm not ever going to discount what Tyron Matthew brought to that defense and what he mm-hmm. did. Um, but what we've seen from Juan Thornhill through a couple of games, Justin Reed again, did, wasn't his best game, but did enough – Uh, at the right moments to overcome some of the other things that they did. And sometimes you have to give credit to the other team. I know, I'm talking through it and trying to figure it out because this is blind nil. You did not tell me this ahead of time. True, yeah. Um, I'm as confident that this will be the best defense that we've seen. So I could put my stamp on that now, even though we haven't seen them play that dominant level um, that we had from a team just because we had, you know, more examples from those other guys. Does that answer your question at all? Or did I just completely work my way around it?
2: No, I think so. I th- I think that does, and and kind of what spurred this question, uh, for me is this is one of the games, one of the few games that I really felt that the defense won this game. The defense won this game for the Chiefs. Uh, you we haven't been able to say that a whole lot in the Patrick Mahomes era because Patrick Mahomes has been so good, and that wasn't one of Patrick Mahomes' best games. I think we can all definitively say that. Um, even with a twenty-four for thirty-five. Uh, three two hundred and thirty-five yards, two touchdown line. You're like, oh, that was, that was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it wasn't his best game. And Patrick went up to the podium after the game. He said he said that he, he they fooled him a couple times. He threw it right to guys, and I, I loved his line where he said uh, he said I don't throw it to guys very often. I don't throw it straight to straight to the other team very often. He said PFF probably isn't gonna like that one, um, mm-hmm. is what he said. So um, he knows what's going on, and and he knows that he got picked up by his defense which is big for the for a Chiefs team when they struggle on offense to be picked up by their defense. That's like old Chiefs football, I feel like. Yeah. That's like Chiefs football when I was growing up, as you remember, okay, maybe the offense might not be too good, but the defense isn't going to let anybody <laughs> anybody score. So I want to see the kind of that mantra. Not necessarily – you can still be good on offense. Still be good on offense, actually. Uh, but be really uh, definitive on defense.
1: I like hearing you say when I was growing up because those were like Bob Sutton defenses, Tucker, because they are like yeah, 17 – years old. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think again, um, at different points, we saw them struggle with the tackling and some struggle in some ways, but I mean, again, they're doing this without Trent McDuffie, uh, sure. who is going to be a big pace, going to be a starter, not saying that this all pro type player, not like the JC Jackson. Um, although didn't or... have a great game, <laughs> uh, in the biggest moment for them, uh, which again, tough thing for them to swallow, but Khalil Mick Khalil Mack, every bit as advertised. Joey cool. Bosa, stud. Derwin James, absolute stud. So dog. get through – dog. So get through those guys is huge. But, yeah, I'm, I'm confident in what this de- defense can do. Again, we've talked so much about how many young guys are out there. Uh, I think last night is going to be a great thing for them to build on uh, and to get confidence. The same thing for the offense. And we talk mm-hmm. about complementary football in the way that, you know, the offense can go back and watch this film and know – Patrick Mahomes can stand on that podium post game and be like, man, I did not play well. I made some mistakes and he made some mistakes that the Chargers did not capitalize on. We talked about it on the post game show. To be fair, there were a lot of plays that Patrick Mahomes made some bad decisions that did not end up hurting the Chiefs as much as they probably could have, changing the narrative of this game. But on that side, Mahomes can go back saying, man, I did not play well at all. I really didn't give us a chance, but the other guys picked me up. We talk about baseball all the time. It's like, hey, pick me up. You know, I just gave up, you know, seven doubles in a row uh, in five runs. Now we're losing. Hey, pick me up offense. Well, same thing at football. Offense struggles, especially this offense with the Chiefs. A lot of young guys on defense for them to step up and to kind of, like you said, carry them to a win in week two with as yeah. many young guys as they have. That is something that is going to give the entire team confidence that they can lean on each other when they don't have their best football confidence that if they need to stop, if they need to step up, they can do it. We talked about Arizona. Remember the end of the first half where it was just like that one situation, that one sequence of events mm-hmm. to get in there and make a play um, or needing the defense to step up, and they did. Yeah. Now they need to do it basically for an entire game against a much better team, and they did it again. I mean, they play the
2: Colts this week. The, the dip in talent or the tip of just like quality of team that they're going to face from the Chargers. No offense to the Colts, but they aren't the Chargers. I'll, and the Colts- I'll say that.
1: Colts first two games, they play Houston, they tied them, and they got Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence this weekend. <laughs>
2: well, which they actually—I I don't know if you know this—that they haven't won uh, in like Jacksonville since like the Reagan administration. So it's like they haven't won in Jacksonville. It—it's not that long. I'm exaggerating, but they haven't—they haven't won in Jacksonville in years. Um, yeah, which is which is insane to think about because Jacksonville like hasn't been good for a while. Yeah.
1: All right, Tucker. We're going to wrap up this episode. We appreciate everybody out there for listening to this episode of Outside the Trenches. Nick will be back with us next week as we get on to a normal schedule. Everybody can rest up and enjoy watching some football and knowing that the Chiefs are 2 and 0 at the top of the division again, uh, like they have been for the last 6 years under Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Again, appreciate all your support of KC Sports Network. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe if you're listening to the podcast audio please rate review and make sure to check out all the other shows that we've got the whole idea of casey sports network is that we have a bunch of different personalities bunch of different styles of shows that way um got something for everybody if we're not your vibe go listen to the casey lab guys they get really nerdy into everything got mike mike devito and jeff allen with one-on-one giving a former player's perspective matt castle matt hamilton on the breakdown really getting the x's and o's uh with different things and yeah a lot of different types of shows here so if this isn't yours um you know check out others if you like this one make sure to check out all the other stuff because uh we are pumping out content for chiefs kingdom left and right look at tucker's look how tired tucker is indeed so much content we're pumping out right now a lot of good college stuff too with the kuk state and missouri coverage so check all that out we appreciate your support and we'll see you guys next week